going on, guys? Welcome to episode four of On the Way with Jay. So, so excited to have at the table today two Black women that actually we went to high school together. I have with me at the table Dominique Houston and Sarah Latrell. Hey, I'm excited to be here. My name is Sarah Latrell, um, and how me and Jordan met was we went to high school together, and probably interesting point in our lives because that was like adolescence and points where we're like trying to define ourselves so we have an interesting I think journey point to this moment you know shows how God works all things together you know yeah so I um, am super excited to just be able to talk to like friends you know when we had Hmm. different experiences of like life and walks of life it's like we related so much as Black women in different ways. So I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Yeah, same. This is Dominique. And we all met in high school. Very, you know, young and spry. And I guess different (laughs) thoughts about what life was going to look like. And so I'm excited that the Lord saw fit for us to come back during this time to have this conversation I think it's super important and just a portal into real life and real tension between the things that are hard and the things that are holy so I'm excited about it I am too so we framed this conversation with the language leading with truth unlocking new perspectives and so this is going to be part one of a conversation because we really are going to get get into it. So this part one, we, we've given the word awakening. So let's talk about a little bit why we assign that language to this conversation and why leading with truth matters in navigating spaces right now um, as Black women. As Black women, you know, although we have a hard history, you know, the things that we have gone through mm-hmm. and some of our experiences have you know, been very difficult, even from our, you know, high school experience together. At the time, I don't think people understand how minimalized it was. And as Black women, we have to just keep continuing because sometimes the stereotype of being angry, even if it's righteous, right? And all these, you know, harsh kind of narratives we sometimes get, we have to suppress our feelings and learn how to you know, navigate these hard feelings young. And now today to see, you know, possibilities that I don't even think 20 years ago I even thought about, you know, like a Black woman VP of the United States. Come on! (laughs) No way. I would have told you that's crazy. So, you know, it's it's a very um, important time to learn together how to lead with truth and it's okay to have certain conversations but being open to learn you know yeah 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 that's really good and I think one of the things you said too that it just it emotionally and mentally and physically and spiritually takes a lot out of a black woman to walk through this life and to walk through this world and to not be discouraged all the time. Right. (laughs) And so it is a real testament to our resilience and our um, endurance to keep going. Because like you said, we've had to learn how to do that from a very young age. And I'm not sure that every, you know, cultural background has that same um, 
those same obstacles or those same things that keep getting thrown at them or narratives thrown at them. And so um, being that we have that, we have to learn how to navigate and we start that navigation process very, very young. Um, And so, yeah, the, the opportunity that we have now to step into some of these spaces and to enter into these rooms and Mm -hmm. um, sit at these tables is not something that we take lightly, nor is it something that though we may disagree, we won't celebrate because there was a period of time when we were barred entry from those spaces. And so I think it's super important um, for us to know that and for us to celebrate just how much we've overcome and just all that it takes for a Black woman to show up. It takes a lot for her to be her authentic self in these spaces. And so I'm excited just about this, this opportunity to bring our full selves to this conversation so that we can try to break that down a bit. Absolutely. Yes. I think when you said, Dominique, you said bringing our full selves to the table, I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about leading with truth, Mm -hmm. leading with the identity that we know and moving forward is why we really wanted to give that language is that in, in bringing our full selves and not, not that we're leaving the past behind, but we're taking the realities, the truth, the impact, what we've internalized, and we're going to allow that to propel us forward mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is really what we're going for here. And so part one of this conversation is titled Awakening. Let's dive into moments for both of you, and I'll share as well of awakening to your brokenness and spiritual warfare and what that looks like cultivating self-awareness like in your lane as black women there are a lot of common ties in our stories but also like like they said it's been different as well absolutely so I think with me um early on something that was just um difficult for me and I think all women can relate is just a certain beauty standard and um learning how to develop self-esteem is just really important in hindsight as I'm now going to be 27, seeing how me getting my self-esteem and validation from the world led me to be in relationships and places that Mm -hmm. kept me far away from God, you know, Mm -hmm. to the point of losing myself, you know, what is my purpose? I don't know. You know, Mm. what do I, what really Mm. makes me happy? I don't know. You know, what am I living for? I don't know. And, you know, so much of that came from instead of running to God for a self-esteem, I was seeking validation from the world. And so seeing what that cost in hindsight and how much, you know, it wasn't worth it. And as, you know, Black women, it's difficult. You know, our beauty standards on top of the fact that, like, we're Black women, you know, we we're, we get looked at in the world a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And no matter how educated we can be sometimes or as well-spoken, you know, all of us went to a private Christian school that didn't omit me from getting called racist names you know yeah that didn't omit those experiences from happening to me so I no matter how well behaved it had nothing to do with my behavior it's what I look like as black women we've had to not only navigate those harsh realities of being young and automatically being told hey you're different especially in our space you know at a Mm. in white spaces 
me and Dominique could never run away from the fact of like, at some point you were going to know you were black. <laughs> like, right. You could have a the white best friend in the world and go over to, but at some point somebody was going to like, hey, you black right. girl, like understand, <laughs> like you, it's still different. So all in all, I'm grateful that God does work, <laughs> you know, everything for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose because my life wouldn't be here. But I think that when you look back at some of the decisions that I see that I made because I didn't put my self-esteem in him. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess at times I didn't necessarily know what that would look like, right? Like mm-hmm. I knew reading the Bible, right? And certain things I think I thought that were cliche. But as I went through certain things, I saw how reading the Bible, reading Proverbs, right? If you read Proverbs every day and certain things would stick to me to bring me peace. I would see how me running never was the solution, you know, and at some point in time, I had to find purpose. And I think with purpose, it, it cuts the need for validation from the world. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm here for this, which you have to, oh, it don't matter. And I think it's clear to see, you know, some people that are choosing to be self-aware why purpose is with them is because I feel like it goes hand in hand. You know, they're looking at things in their life to, you know, work on that where they weren't self-aware and what that cost them and how to lead themselves to this awareness. Yeah, I think that's, that I feel like is a part of every Black woman's story about just having to come to terms with we don't look like other people or what other people would ascribe as a beauty standard. And so just trying to come into that space and reckon with the fact that you don't look like what other people call beautiful does a lot to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I definitely relate um, on that front as well. I think that the biggest thing that happened for me though, happened in the context of relationships And I learned that I can be a very selfish, um, sarcastic, witty, um, caring less about other people's feelings or caring less about how to lead people to truth. I just was like blunt force trauma. Right. (laughs) And I learned how that could be very detrimental to um, a communal goal of, you know, building others up or, um, just being in community period and so I learned how that affected me because um I you know was I thought I was a person who forgave but Mm. when you deal when you when you come to terms with the way that you are making other people feel is Mm. is more important than what you thought you were saying right things just start to change in your mind mentally because I could see the hurt and the disappointment and the embarrassment that my words were placing on people. And I just started to realize like, I don't want to live life like that. I don't want people to come into contact with me and um, feel a certain type of way other than, you know, um, that I support you, that I love you and that I want to see you win. And so it was a twofold kind of experience exchange in my relationships is that I was doing that to others but then I also got it doubly by having it done to me 
And so that um, it was costly. It's very costly to examine yourself and find that you have junk and poison in you. And I think that um, from that space of like reflection and introspection, spiritual warfare definitely came. I was bombarded with lies about, oh, this is just part of your personality. Like you're never going to change. That's how you were born. Like you're always going to be like that. And and labels. Exactly. Labels. Mm. And the harsh truth about that is that that is not a part of your personality. You're just Mm. me. That's not a part of your personality. You're just rude. Wow. (laughs) You know, and so those are certain things. Right. Those are certain things that I had to come to reckon with. And I believe kind of like what you said, Sarah, about like purpose. The Lord was dealing with with me as far as communication is concerned because Mm. I really feel like that is a part of what I'm supposed to be doing I'll be honest and I don't know like what that looks like Jordan asked me to be on her podcast I think that's one way (laughs) there we go (laughs) come on step (laughs) one (laughs) but I need to know you know the effects of my words I need to know because the word says that you know out of the heart the mouth speaks And so what was going on in my heart that was causing me to say harsh or combative things? And as a Black woman, that can easily be misinterpreted every time. Like there's a a very, very thin line as a Black person, as a Black woman, what is misconstrued as passion versus anger. Mm. And so... Mm. um, dealing with that and having to like reckon with it that there for me at least I don't believe this is for all black women and I don't think that the we are not a monolith for me I knew that I could tone down my words and it wasn't because I was angry and it wasn't because um I was just this or that it was really because I was hurting and my default mechanism is wit my default mechanism is sarcasm. Mm. And so mm. the devil tried to use that to pervert, um, like you said, those labels yeah. and cause me mm. to sit in that and forever believe that that was who I was and that's yeah. all I could be. Yeah. And so um, that definitely, definitely led me to, you know, hey, Lord, that's not who I am, right? <laughs> right you didn't make me that way right (laughs) come on and so just a deeper deeper reflection and a deeper leaning on the father because I knew that's not how he wanted me to come across either you know my life was supposed to imitate Jesus and Jesus told Mm -hmm. the truth but he didn't leave people feeling embarrassed or disappointed his words were always comforting his words were always uplifting even in the truth and so I knew Mm -hmm. that I needed to change that um, and that's kind of what self-awareness brought me. Right. Wow. Yeah. For me, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I want to say it, it, to start out, I went from really just idolizing reputation to combat, um, how I was perceived and, and all the differences. I kind of, suppressed um the ways that I was different as okay well then I'll just exceed expectations and it Mm. really became this wrestling Mm. with reputation and expectations um, of those around me of family of society 
um, to now what I believe is the opposite end of the spectrum, which is self-awareness and leading with truth from the identity that Christ has, has given me. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is that moment in between? What was that inciting incident for me? Um, kind of just exploded with emotion. <laughs> um, I hit the point of I had suppressed so much rejection mm-hmm. and pain mm-hmm. and um, lost. I was at the moment too, Sarah. I asked myself that same question. What is my purpose? I have no freaking idea. Yes. Um, and I remember clearly sitting in my um, therapist's office at the time. And at the time, only my parents knew I was going to therapy. They didn't really understand uh, what was going on with me. And I just was driving myself to therapy. Actually, my hairstylist, mm. the one who had braided my hair for most of my life. Sarah and Dominique know I've had I had braids from four to like 20. Right. That's just. But listen, we all had it for um, a period, so, you know. Okay. The black girl, <laughs> the black right. girl style, you know. <laughs> so true. So as a black woman, you have a close relationship with your hairstylist, particularly because mine used to braid my hair from four to 21. So right. she knew me well and um, she referred me to a therapist. And so I was going to him and on the second session, he just said, you know, until you know what you want and not what you think other people want from you, um, you're not, you're not going to be happy. Mm. Okay. And um, that really was a catalyst. I just sat there and I would say the spiritual warfare began in that space of going like, I have absolutely no idea who I am. All I know is I feel um, really broken. And in that space, I don't know, what how old was I? I would say 22 at the time and I'm 26 now. So four years ago, um, I just was like, okay, what do I do about this? Uh, what do I want? Who do I want to be? And didn't really take time to, to bring that to the Lord or, or pray about it. Uh, what I ended up doing is just kind of trying to, whether it's spoken or unspoken, not feeling beautiful or not being told beautiful or the experiences like we had in high school. I remember being called Waka Flocka when I'd come to school right. uh, with a different help hairstyle us. or just like comments yeah. and what you, you yeah, say? I said, Lord help us. You know, I had to... yes. so just multiple comments and things that you don't realize really impact you and are not um, indicators of, of your worth at all, but do have an impact. And yes. so what do you do with that? How do you work, work around that? And so for me, Spiritual warfare, awakening to my brokenness and cultivating self-awareness really happened for me early 20s um, and and having to reckon with not only the black woman has that shaped kind of my narrative on my life, but what does God say about identity and this idea of, okay, let me um, not enthrone my blackness over my kingdom identity. But the, the reality yeah. is he made me a black woman on purpose. Right. So... Um, kind of balancing that so kind of moving moving and I'll and I'll lead us in with an example for me of self-awareness it it really it changed my life looking inward and then outward I was able to kind of change like you're talking about my communication style and I could identify oh like that's that's pride within me or that you know I'm feeling shame about this and then I could look out and instead of being um, really offended 
um, or defensive, like you're talking about Dominique with language, I can go, I don't know if that person is even aware of that. Right. And it's, it's, it's the analogy of like, you know, you get a, you get a certain type of car and then you see it everywhere. So, you know, you cultivate <laughs> self-awareness in yourself and then you're looking out and you're like, Oh, that, that person probably isn't trying to cut me. I don't know if they've even grappled with their brokenness. And so for me, it's been really life-changing. The inciting incident though, for me was after college kind of grappling with purpose and a lot of um, suppressed mm-hmm. pain for you guys. Do you want to discuss a little bit? I, I'm going to lead us into talking about honor and what that, what that's looked like. Um, and how that's changed after hitting a place of being self-aware. Yeah. yeah. Go, Go ahead, Dominique. Okay. <laughs> We're jumping to this question. Um, honor is so, so important. A value of the kingdom. Um, it is who, you know, Jesus represented while he was here. But it is also something that has been completely taken over and um, been allowed to shift in another direction, which creates an unhealthy relationship to others that is more manipulative and controlling than it is honorable. Mm. Um, And I've stepped into situations and um, seen the backlash of what that can look like when someone um you know when we don't walk in humility or when we don't value others as better than ourselves like the word asks us to do and Mm -hmm. so it it can create unhealthy balances in relationships and um just lead us down to a path that isn't isn't good um mentally and just where we are and so I think that that happened to me in the church and my example is just one where you know my ideas or my thoughts or my opinions weren't necessarily viewed in that way but they were viewed as um against or taken to like you said Jordan weaponize Hmm. um and demean and so it was honor within honor is such a such a um a crucial crucial topic and a crucial turning point, but it it definitely can be misused. And Absolutely. so, um, it's a kind very of, very tightrope situation. Go ahead. Right. I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. I wanted to say so. Kind of like this idea of when when you're not in submitting to someone in the way that they see. Uh, honor should be, um, and yes. how they kind how how those words kind of get mixed together in some spaces of like, well, you know what honor is? It's just submitting. Yes, um, and, right. and it's my authority over your authority. And I and I know there's there's authority. Authority is a biblical uh, concept and structure, but there's something to be said about the fact that we are all broken people, mm-hmm. and so me honoring you. Um, does not necessarily mean I'm enthroning you. Um, right. And, yes. and, and that's, that's an important distinction, I think, in, in church culture and in family culture. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mean to, to kind of take the mic for too long, Dominique, but I did want to bring up just an example. Um, in my life, family 
and honor is a huge thing. It's a huge thing in my, in my family, in our culture, in our dynamic is, you know, mm. the grown ups. And this is, this is black culture too. I, right. I don't want to make absolute statements here, but <laughs> let's be real. Um, it's, right. This is grown up stuff. Like you, you know, the grown ups say one thing and it's because I said so. Um, that's just. Right. Or children, I, I, children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Yeah. And something I really believe is like a mantle for our generation is that we have this new um, capacity to address um, that honoring somebody's humanity, your child's emotions does not Mm. mean that you are um, placing them as head of household. Mm. And what does that look like um, Mm. in in making space for um, how people feel? But just talking about honor specifically for me, I really had to um, look at, oh, I have maybe enthroned my parents' expectations um, with God's expectations. I was like, those are basically Mm. synonymous or what relatives think of me or what um, teachers or schools or employers think of me. Um, And like, that's, that's how I'm going to honor my family legacy. That's how I'm going to honor tradition is I'm going to make people proud. Um, and that there's nothing wrong with wanting your your family or people who care about you, your community to be proud of you. But there is a clear distinction where now if you're living um, mm. to to people, please. Right. right. But that's not honor. That actually can be really, really harmful. And there's an unlearning there of you, yes. you hit a certain point in life where if oh, you're not yeah. doing this because you are called to it, when the storm comes it's really hard to stand right shedding performance for me and kind of watching the idol of reputation fall down um, was a huge part of aligning with my my god-given identity and my calling and being like uh okay i want to be a good steward but um ultimately i am made for god by god and that needs to lead in what I'm looking at as honor and what I'm looking at as, um, you know, legacy. Right. In black culture. Cause those are important things and they're not bad, but we need to define them in truth. And I think that's what we're trying to yeah. do about yeah. um, honor. Go ahead. And I think that with honor, sometimes I think we use that as a coping mechanism for pain. Yes. And like therapy is very new to our community. And mm. yeah instead of really talking through some things and really seeing like what makes my child happy or what we use our pain of our past to define our children's future and Mm. as a community you know I know that we're pushing for healing because we know we see what that's cost us like the brokenness within our families you know this being seen and not heard and you can't have legitimate feelings because you're a child as if you're not human you Mm. know too And so we did have to deal with certain, you know, realities of of defining what honor meant in the eyes of God versus Mm. just the eyes of man, you know, and making sure that we are honoring God more than like our parents' expectations, because again, you'll live a life forever feeling unfulfilled. And I think people look at honoring God like, oh my gosh, like I'm walking around and just that. It's like, no, you ask God for a specific purpose 
what will make me feel not only like fulfilled in this life, but fulfilled because I feel alive in you. Like I see why mm. I was made. Right. You yeah. know, people feel like that. That's a real feeling. Just FYI, you know. Yeah. And I think some people it's so sad, you know, unfortunately, because religion is taught in so many ways, right? Christianity mm. is taught by so many different types of humans mm. that people miss the mark of genuine love and just not imposing their realities on people and Mm. so learning to define honor in the way of like you know when we have kids teaching them it's what God says you know even if it's beyond my word even if I can't see it it's your life so so teaching them to hear God's voice because our you know parents ain't always going to be there to guide you know and breaking being able to like shatter some of that you know generational our lack of being able to talk to each other really yeah we're just now as a community learning to talk to each other yeah yeah Yeah. and I think Mm. what you guys are saying too carries over into our relationships in the church because we easily um take on titles such as spiritual father and mother or people that we um have as you know uh our spiritual father or an extra father or people who help guide us and those relationships can also lead to a lot of hurt and Mm. like you said there are people um we are interpreting the bible through our human very human view and it takes a relationship with the living god in order for us to get that right and so those relationships are still at the same mercy as a parental relationship Absolutely. that we have. And, and they, they sometimes operate in the same function where people are like, well, I told you, you know, what the Lord said, do that. But in mm. reality, it's no, what did the Lord say to me? And I will, I will submit to that word and humbly um, take your advice into consideration and, um, speak to God about all of these things that he's saying and how he's using you to speak to me but like you said Sarah I think it's super super important for us um, to have a personal relationship with God and for for us to have a strong bond so that he can speak to us and show us exactly what he's called us to do because sometimes you know the Lord does not give us someone else's vision for their life like he gives that to you (laughs) so they might not have seen that same vision as you he didn't speak to them in the same way or give them the same thing and he he gives us words for one another in support and encouragement and comfort Um, but it's not always the same way he gave it to you and so leaning into those and having having relationships with people is super, super um, important that we do, like you said, Jordan, understand what honor means and how to do that in a healthy manner um, and not go in the opposite direction, which could be control or- Manipulation. Uh, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And you using your human, you know, and you think about all the things that people go through in life. Right. I think about the way that um, Moses died You know what I'm saying? And if you think about just different things in history, it's like some people don't get to see the problem. Disobedience is is 
come on you know <laughs> like come on if that can happen to Moses you don't think that can happen to you like wow. is it so you better put your eyes on the prize like yeah because if these are the people that we read about our whole lives of like mm-hmm. the greats you read Hebrews 11 you know because mm-hmm. of yep. their faith they did these things and some of them didn't get the full prize right <laughs> yeah right so don't ever you know I've learned that from my many mistakes like and being you know Jonah plenty of times um (laughs) to not think that you're beyond you know if you don't honor God the wrath of God because he still sees that you're putting the will of your parents life for your life over his like at some point like a reckoning will happen it will it's coming you know, mm-hmm. because it's so out of the line of your life. And and some people fight to the end to keep a life that they know God didn't call them for. And their whole life mm-hmm. just were in pain because mm-hmm. they couldn't ever break free of the expectations of man. Mm-hmm. And that will never fulfill you. It will be an endless well straight to the pits of your soul. If yes. you decide to let these human error we feel good one day the next we sad all right we can't be stable worth nothing only god is that's it yeah that's only that's as good that's as stable as it's gonna get so Mm -hmm. if you yeah you know and i think finding self-esteem is a constant process right and not even self-esteem finding defining your honor in god you know Mm. that's a it's a lifelong process but you have to be conscious because you see what happened to moses when he wasn't you know it's hard it's hard yeah. It's hard to put the will. It's hard. It's nobody's saying it's not hard, but I, it'll cost you a life of, you know, I hear so many stories of people and I've been there before really being suicidal, you know, and being in a state of just purposelessness, you know, that mm-hmm. is, and I see it now understanding on the other side, that's what it led. That's what it'll lead you to. What it costs your soul to not be, who he called you to be will kill you in the end. And that's Satan's biggest goal. I mean, if he's coming to yeah. steal, kill, and destroy, you best believe he's trying wow. to get you away from your purpose. Right. That's, the first, yep. he, that's the first thing he's going to go for. He wants you gone. So he wants yep. you to be in spaces where not only you think you're just by yourself, he wants you honoring man and secretly mm-hmm. disguising it as honor people. Because in our code, we got to honor certain people more than God. But God calls I you to be an artist. Right. God called you to be an artist. Meanwhile, just because, and I'm not telling people that you're supposed to be a doctor, right? But I'm saying you have to really run your life, right? Just because yeah. your parents say you have to be a doctor, don't mean mm. that. You know, and so mm. some learning to navigate those feelings of like, I have to little by little get my heart closer to how, what does God say about me versus the world changes your life. And honor is not thing when it is in perspective to God when you start doing it with man you may get some hiccup because you know man could be lying we don't know the truth right. always right yeah is God so is the only person so, that does not lie mm-hmm. come on so true I think something that happens common so common is that our preferences become principle yes and and if we are not leading from a place of truth, we don't know truth. We don't know our purpose. Then, okay, this person's principle. Okay, this must be truth. And we're taking that 
as our reality, as our calling, mm-hmm. as our purpose. Yes. And that why leading with truth, your true identity, the one who made you, who gave you life, who sustains your life, your breath. Um, it's so, so important. And I feel like that ties into something that we've talked about that I want to bring up is facing what's rooted in brokenness, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to culturally imposed identity, racial identity. Mm-hmm. And first of all, let me just preface this and there as well. Very, very proud to be black. Okay. <laughs> so we are not coming for black identity to, to shame or put down. We're coming to exalt it in truth and lead, lead with truth and, and what, what should stick. So I'll start. Um, specifically I've been, I've been vegan, I would say it's been almost four years now. And in America, soul food is a big deal. Mm. Now I'm not putting down soulful, but I'm saying soul food has its origins, um, in, in scraps, in the, the lesser quality or less in nutrition foods for a reason. And so a lot of times I think in, in America too, we're, we're grasping as black people for whatever semblance of culture we can get because mm. of all that we've lost yes. um, or all that's been stolen from us. But it also has roots in brokenness that are actually not just historically, historically um, being rooted in brokenness, but health wise mm. um, down the road can impact us um, in drastic, drastic ways that harm our health. Um, so that's just one example um, but I think uh, another thing as well that I, I thought was fascinating in previous conversation, maybe you can, you can share a bit about it, Dominique, is the title of first lady mm-hmm. in the church. I found this to be fascinating. Can you explain, explain that story? Yeah. So when we talk about things being rooted in brokenness, unfortunately, black churches, their origin is rooted in brokenness. It started because um, Black people weren't welcome to worship with white Christians at the time um, in slaveholding South and just the way that our, just the way that our history has been segregated for so long. And so they kept that. And when Black people realized that they were no longer allowed to worship with other people, they decided to um, create their own churches and have their own um, way to worship God. And so one of the things that they really, really valued about this form of um, communing or getting together was that their pastor was like their president um, because they weren't allowed to vote, because they didn't have the opportunity to really speak into what was going on in America at the time. They viewed their church congregation as you know, their own little nation and the pastor was the president. And so that's mm. when we get the term first lady. Um, wow. She wow, was wow, the first wow. lady to the president. And we have kept that. Um, I don't really think that anybody thinks of their pastor as their president anymore, mm. but we still call his wife the first lady. The first lady, <laughs> absolutely. And so we, um, when we, you know, those things have been called into, been birthed out of brokenness and Mm. um sometimes with that title it leads to you know an exaltation of things that shouldn't be and um just placing our value and our highest form of opinion 
on like we said broken people and we didn't know that it was birthed in brokenness when we started doing it we kind of just went along with tradition and so that is still you know intact to this day (laughs) right and really ties back into the honor you know how that kind of unconscious obedience because of trauma has Mm. led to a lot of issues that are consistently happening today yes and so as a people you know even what Jordan was saying earlier about like soul food like it's just gotten to the point and I'm grateful that there's new artists now that are coming out and of course have been but I mean more now it's like cool you know to be healthy But it's not so much in certain places. I know in California and just how we were raised in California, we probably were exposed to a lot more healthy choices than where I went and you went to school, Dominique, in the South. Like people do not have, you know, the same maybe exposure, you know, and the same consistent, this is something that you can eat that we may have been around just because of being in California. And because of that, you know, and not just the conversations. I think too, it's food is comforting. You know, we sit around the table right. together, we gather yeah. around and we share stories and there's so much love there. We're not thinking about really what's on top of the table because we sit here, but then that becomes every meal, you know, subconsciously right. or it one week becomes two weeks becomes heart failure, you know? Right. Yeah. So right. it's being conscious enough to say that, yeah, we have a culture of soul food. Like, trust me, I love to eat it. But Monday through Friday, that is not, it doesn't take away from any part about my Blackness, my Christianity, whatever, to eat a salad Mm -hmm. and some chicken. I mean, that will not hurt anybody. You know, drink some carrot juice, you know? (laughs) And I mean, that's crazy. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Also, just the idea of the itis, you know, we have right. like, cultural slang and terminology that speaks to what happens after you eat quote unquote home cooked meal. And we are never thinking yeah. home cooked meals are, you know, uh, in uh, <laughs> casserole. It's always fried chicken, you know, greens, yams, cornbread, yeah, right. red beans and rice, like whatever. Right. Um, and so the itis came out of that and that's also something that has informed you know it's been entrenched in brokenness that we don't necessarily like this conversation is pointing to lead in truth like that is not necessarily the way that we are supposed to be living but it, it is now a tradition it's now a cultural phenomenon because we speak about it all the time like right. everybody knows what the itis is but we're not really paying attention to why are we having the itis? Like, why right. Why don't other cultures have the itis? Like, it's right. fun and games until, like you said, heart disease. Um, right. You, you knock Diabetes. out. You die. Yes, you die earlier because your body isn't being fed the right things. Absolutely. You know, I feel like culturally we've been told that the foods that are healthier are expensive, but we really don't sit with mm. the fact that we don't like to eat healthy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at some point when we talk about self-awareness, being self-aware means including looking at that as gluttony, which is a thing. Come on. And if your body is truly a temple at some point, it's okay. Like everybody falls short. It's no bashing. You know, I've been right. there. <laughs> so yeah, I love I, right. soul food. Right. Okay. And tra- I'm going to eat it. 
Okay, but it's yeah. not going to be all time, you know, right. and it's okay that my lifestyle is not going to reflect. I care. I want what I eat to reflect on the inside too. Like I need that to be healthy, you know, and, and of course you can yeah. eat bad sometimes, but I, you know, I think that it's just, like we said, we have so much history. Things are tied mm-hmm. to history. When things are tied to history and bonding, it's hard to break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yes. yeah. it's very hard to break. And I even look with my mom. My mom had experienced some things, you know, with her health and, and trying to help her navigate breaking some of those generational curses. Like, you don't need potato chips eating it at 10 o'clock at night. But it's, Come on. you know, comforting. And this is what we eat. Yeah. And I like this. And I'll make this food late and eat that. But being self-aware enough to know that that doesn't have to define our culture, you know, an experience, we can be defined as a healthy people, you know, and still have soul food, you know, and still not be in the leading cause of heart diabetes and um, heart failure. You know, that's how we die. So um, when you are, when you're able to face harsh realities, it doesn't break you. It makes you better. And, and yeah. more conversations yeah. have to be had about facing your brokenness. Because when Come you on. do that, it's so much encouragement that God has for you. Because if you feel that Come you low, he's just going to keep encouraging. Like, come on. They labeled you as this. Let's prove them wrong, girl. Like, keep yeah. going. They told you, I'm going to show them. Everything that they said mm-hmm. about you, you don't have to be held to that if you keep your eye on me. And so yeah. breaking, you, you know, just stereotypes breaking the mm-hmm. narratives that have been generationally on you is so important to do and with keeping your eyes on God he makes that happen yeah absolutely I think we've been talking about finding purpose I think too in in finding that purpose you're aware of where do I actually find true comfort like how have yes. I been taught to cope and where actually mm. can I cope successfully? Yes. Right? Yes, yes. And that, okay, food I've been taught is, is comfort, is family, is connection. Actually, you know what real family is, 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 is kingdom and, wow. and truth and, and, and freedom. I think for me, I'm not going to make it a big vegan spiel, those <laughs> listening, but I do want to say, like I, for the longest time thought, you know, you need to take a bunch of things and that. A lot of tummy troubles and situations were just how you felt. Mm. And it changed my life learning, oh, different patterns of behavior produce different results. Right. Yeah. And and I think in, in in making that like a like a metaphor for us and talking about, okay, like as a person, you know, I am a black woman, but I'm also a person. How can I I, I align with my identity, with my purpose and healthily cope with the fact that I am broken right um and I think that's I think that's that's what we're trying to say in in navigating um culturally imposed racial identity is that um, we're not shaming we're not tearing down but it is rooted in brokenness in a lot of spaces how can we face it in truth for the sake of healing and health and restoration and redemption like you're talking yeah. about Sarah like a, a level up yes. like we can level up what's next level soul food in in a healthy way that right, brings light, right. that brings vibrancy. What's the next level? Um, black church, black church culture. Right. How can we elevate this? How can we thrive? And we talk talk about a lot the the responsibility we feel as black people, as black women. Oh yeah, we're we're responsible to to bring 
light, which comes by shedding light on, on the truth. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's a powerful point is that it's, it's for the sake of the betterment for, for the good. Absolutely. I want to talk and shift this to some, some practical language. What are some practical ways that you guys have been navigating um, from self-awareness to um, navigating community and honor? We've talked a lot about it, but let's give the people listening just some practical ways um, that you're navigating this awakening as, as Black women. Um, yeah, I, I can I say, think, go, go ahead. <laughs> Great. Me. Twins. Go ahead. I can say that a big, big thing or big release for me has been to write um I have successfully started to journal um for a couple of years now yes and I truly truly believe that being able to look back on some of the seasons that I was in and just the way that you know I was thinking through a processing through things mm. has definitely helped ease the burden in the future Mm. so I would just be a big advocate for writing it has allowed me to you know get things out that I would usually keep and one of the things and we're talking about the body but one of the things that I've also learned is that we carry our emotions and we carry our brokenness and our trauma within our bodies Mm. and so Mm. our bodies feel those things before we can even begin to articulate them to other people. Mm. And so being in tune and I was like, people are in tune with their body. What the heck does that mean? But I'm learning that there's this sort of like tightness that arises Mm. in my chest when Mm. I am um, anxious or when I Mm. am stressed or deeply, deeply troubled by something. There's a there's a tightness that happens in my chest or mm. I'm learning that my stomach starts to do backflips when I am so nervous about perception and what people are going to think of mm. what I'm going to say or mm. when I just really feel like the Lord has me, like wants me to move out in this one area, my, my stomach will start yeah. turning. And people have <laughs> these, you know, different things that um, arise in their body. But through journaling and through getting that out, I've been able to release that. And I've learned right. too that we feel anger within our bodies too. And um, some people, you know, it they just need to let out a shout so that they don't throw up on somebody with their words. Mm. And yep. so you have to get those things out. And I think that is so crucial to mental health. And I think that is so crucial, mm. you know, being able to navigate that space because you want to give your thoughts a safe space but you also don't want to continue to carry it. One thing that I've learned is that we are still carrying the traumas and the pain, the joy, the resilience, everything from our grandparents. I think it's crazy, Mm -hmm. but right now we are carrying our grandchildren within our womb Mm -hmm. because the seeds that are within us are also backdated, basically. Mm -hmm. They will experience what I've experienced within our bodies. And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about generational curses as far as, you know, health and things like that, it's because, Mm -hmm. you know, our health was tied into our grandmother Mm -hmm. (laughs) or our health Mm -hmm. was, her health was tied into her grandmother and my grandchildren's health is tied into how I live currently. Mm -hmm. And so one of those ways is for me <laughs> Ooh, to just that's be... deep. <laughs> I know we can we hold let on that right a I need a I'm second like, just a second oh my gosh I'm like thinking I need about a second my right I said, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> oh my gosh 
Go ahead. Wow. I'm yeah. And so when we think about that, just think about that in terms of being a Black woman and think about just what your grandmother was dealing with mm. at her age. Oh, my God. In her time. Oh like we're talking gosh. about living through civil rights. We're oh, my God. Living through slavery. We're oh talking about gosh. living through segregation, depending on, you know, where mm. your family line is. But there are certain generational traumas and we're talking about right now that our grandchildren will live mm. through the pandemic mm. I have to take care of my body Absolutely. I have to know yeah. what my body is saying to me mm. and one of the ways that I do that is by journaling and so mm. um, it's that has helped me release a lot and that's helped me not store that within me so that mm. I can be better for future generations absolutely wow. I love that I mean, if nobody's inspired to journal after that, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, that was a promo. Okay. Okay. I'm about to journal tonight. Not a promo. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. I'm about to journal now. (laughs) I gotta go. That's hilarious. I too am a huge advocate for journaling, for writing things down. I think what has, has helped me the most is practically is being really humble and really honest with myself I'm not saying go out and you know and be vulnerable and raw in in unsafe spaces but I'm saying even just by yourself or with Mm -hmm. one person that you know you can really trust with with the full breath of your humanity to sit and just be like how do I feel and if I'm and and really ask why yeah it is just simple. It's simple, but it's really, really powerful. And you'd be surprised the subconscious belief system and thoughts and emotions that we have going on that we think we know what we're feeling, right. but have we made space to really ask ourselves? Right. Um, and not, and not, and not enthrone, enthrone feelings, but recognize that there is a space between a feeling and a thought and a belief. Right. Uh, and so practically for me, that's looked like asking questions and it has been uh, journaling. It's also been um, having one or two people that I know that I could call or um, it's call now with, with COVID and stuff like that, but what people that I can just sit with and be honest right. um, and that will listen mm. um, and that have, and also that have the emotional capacity to do that. That's a big that. deal. Okay. That's a big deal. Um, and then I would say also for me is is recognizing that vision is victory. It's something we've talked about, like looking at your brokenness as being powerful. But when you can see, you can change. When you mm. can see, you can heal. When you can see, you can win. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's why leading from a place of, of truth and with self-awareness and knowing um, your identity in God, in Christ, um, is the most practical thing you can do. And then just being honest. Right. Um, I would say those are some practical ways for me. Um, I think for me, when I think about, I think about being, I like what you said about being um, humble and honest. Mm-hmm. Because what I would say mm-hmm. my first would be is being honest in my imperfections. And being mm-hmm. honest with myself about what's hard about me and talking myself through it and talking to myself in a loving voice that really matters, you know, 
Um, I think some people are so unconscious of the way that they talk to themselves and you spend the most time with you. (laughs) So if you're channeling energy of negativity and my life is going to be this way forever and I can't get past this and you know, it will forever. That's where you'll stay. And so me being honest with, okay, I have to be conscious of the way that I talk to myself, you know, and, and standing Mm -hmm. in that. And, um, I think consistently as well as like working out and taking care of my health just mentally because I release a lot mentally when I work out. Um, I never understood when people said that before. I used to be like, what are you? <laughs> but I never enjoyed working <laughs> out enough to consistently do it. So yeah. I think once it got to the point of not enjoyment for like physical enjoyment, but mental enjoyment of like, mm-hmm. I talk to God mm-hmm. the most then. Um, I run most of my hardest issues the most to him through that a lot of when I want to be not humble about something and hard in my heart and he's like no and I I get it out through there because I know that I have to be obedient and okay I have to deal maybe with this person longer than I want to or be kinder in this way when I don't want to but having that outlet allowed me to talk to God and sometimes not in the most Like I could be angry, right? I could be in all these different emotions. I could release it, not in this just stoic way. And for me, um, I needed that. I needed to be able to, because the way that I was battling through some of these issues to get to where I am today, I think my health journey was, that was me battling with God, you know, in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think um, learning to pray daily in a way where I pray about what I'm grateful for versus what I need. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, I had to really be conscious of how much I was just really complaining to God. And once I started to be grateful, he showed me I had everything that I needed. You know, you had Come your on. body, yes. you had your legs. He started showing me like, you have all these tools, girl. Cause you changed yeah. from singing that you did not have enough to you saw that you had more than enough around you. And so now it's like, it's interesting. My prayers to God are so less about, honestly, it's so much more about other people because I feel so content in like certain things. Now, of course, there's things I want on a a timeline of different things. All of us have goals, but I mean, not in the way before where it was like, it was so much unrest spiritually, you know, where it's just, I'm trying to escape my reality and your prayers are really trying to escape certain realities versus like shaping your world. Like, hey, Sarah, you can control it control what you you know what you can um and um Dominique mentioned or I think it was Jordan having a person to go to um to speak with that trust um and I also reference a person of like a point of truth and having somebody like my point of truth is Sydney and my Mm -hmm. friend Sydney just because she's just a person that Mm -hmm. Not only, you know how you have a person that just knows how to say things to you in the right way, even if it's the harshest thing. Like, she's that yeah. person for me. So God get, and God knew I needed to some <laughs> medicine and some help, you know. So he knew along this way, yeah. I would need a friend that in that way, no, and she'll read me, you know. And I'll, for some reason, listen. It's like he knew to build that, but it was a <laughs> safe space. <laughs> he was like, this girl's going to need some extra help. So he gave me that. And um, I think my last thing would be is in my mind, I accepted the fact that I don't have to be one thing in this life. And 
when you're, you know, with God and he's on this journey of like cultivating us and leading us on this journey, I think he shows us in so many ways, like you can be fulfilled through him through so many different things. You know, yes. like as you're working, yeah. you can volunteer one month and I met this person or heard this story. And then I like fell more in love with God because I'm so amazed by what he was able to do through this person. Right. But it's like, you don't have to stay in one place. You don't have yeah. to just, yeah. if you, if you're doing something for 10 years, that doesn't have to be your life. And so always praying for God to renew your mind. Like I always want to mm-hmm. reinvent, even when I look at Cicely Tyson, who passed away today. You know, you look at the 96 mm. years of her life was constant reinvention. Yeah. She worked her whole life. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't make it a year in an industry because they yeah. couldn't renew their mind. Yeah. Come That's on. So good. So good. So wow. you at some point have to be able to throw, you know, those those harsh realities about yourself so that you can constantly renew your mind. And it's so much peace in yeah. knowing that I don't have to be perfect. <laughs> I don't. Come on. I don't. I don't. My hands are above I my don't head. Have to be perfect. <laughs> I'm in full break. I do not. Oh, I feel his presence on that. Sarah. Yes. Uh, not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. But on, on two things you said, I was like, Holy Spirit. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm done. This idea, too, of, of praying from a space of abundance, recognizing that the enemy loves to come and tell you, you don't have enough and you aren't enough. And the truth is you are enough and you have everything Like in having God in having Christ, the possibilities, the power, the authority is it's endless. It really is. It's a huge, huge perspective shift. And it really just unlocks, unlocks new perspectives. Like we, like we titled this, this conversation series. Um, But also what you're talking about of, of recognizing that you can encounter God everywhere and with, with yes. anybody that he literally is working through all of us like yes. he is working through all of us and the idea of man being made in god's image image bears all around that there's a possibility of encountering mm-hmm. him and him using people around mm-hmm. you and and not limiting god to okay he is in this box and will arrive in this way to wow, Lord, like you are so much more than I could think or ask yes, or imagine. Yes. And, 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 and recognizing that the, the pleasures that mm. we feel, yes, there's perversion of it, but the root and the absolute fulfillment of that is Absolutely. in him. Yes. Because we were made, we were made to commune okay. with him. Um, wow. So that's just, my spirit stood at yeah. attention when you were speaking, yeah. Sarah. Like I I, I stood up and I was like, oh. And then I also thought about, you know, in the pursuit of happiness, uh, when Jaden Smith is like um, telling his dad, oh, you want to hear a joke? And there's this man drowning. And I'm going to butcher it. So if you guys know the exact quote and are listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but it was like, you, you know, uh, there's this man, he was drowning and three different people went to help him. And he was like, no, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. I asked for help. I was drowning. And he, he, somehow gets out of the water without the help of the the three people and he goes god i was drowning i asked you to help me why didn't you come and he was like i sang three people you three three people mm. three times and i was like i saw that clip recently again on social media and i was like yeah. wow yeah. wow like and and yes we need to be we be cautious and discerning god really can use 
people. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's not limit him to come in the way that we have asked. Let's be open to encountering him from food to fitness, to friends, community, to faith, um, because he's, he's the creator of all. Like we, 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 we only co-create, but he, he's the one that I, I heard this phrase. I thought it was so powerful. It was, he's the only one that hasn't been created. Right. Right. We are all created beings, even the devil. Yeah. The mm-hmm. devil cannot create. He can only manipulate mm-hmm. that which has been created. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the Lord can use anything. Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm so I'm so deeply moved. I'm like, well, I let me I'm like, let's keep it going. I forgot. Right. <laughs> On a podcast. Um, so deeply moved, you guys. This is blessing me. Um, let's wrap it up with this final question. I have a question for you. What is the best piece of advice you would give black women? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we talked earlier, and you may have already, said yeah, it. I think when we talked earlier, we just talked about how we had to develop like resiliency earlier. And mm-hmm. I would say, don't let that intimidate you. You know, because when you get older and you look back, you'll see why it made you stronger, you know? Mm -hmm. So some things, like when I say like my blackness is my superpower, it's not to denote anybody else. It's to say that despite, you know, I'm going to use this, that despite the perception of others, I'm going to show you why it made me strong. You know, I'm going to show you that it could have broke me, you know, but I think in general, if you learn to control your emotions, I think everybody, that's why some, um, you know, black people that have decided to go against obstacles have become the greatest in what they do. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. You know, it's because when you have to early face challenges, if you let that mold you, it can mold you into something great. And to just not give up despite what it feels like, because right. it can be very mm-hmm. difficult. I remember times just feeling so ugly. Like I'll never be beautiful ever, ever. I mean, being in spaces and people get called pretty, and you just the frame. If you, let me tell you, if 26 year old Sarah would happen, I would have just held on. Okay. (laughs) But the thing, you know what I'm saying? That is so wild. You got to hold on because everything has to do with the timing. And he's going to give you things when you're ready for it. And you got to trust the process, but you can't give up. Mm -hmm. You can't give up. So you better make sure that power source. If, if and that's why I believe that God says the faith of a mustard seed because sometimes in your life that is all you will have to give but you yeah. better yeah. make sure if you you don't that's like when Satan was up there tempting Jesus you better hold on to that mustard seed and no matter what that's the only thing you don't give up I don't care yeah. that's the only yeah. thing on your life you don't yeah. give up because that's the only thing that God will be able to use to take you out of whatever crazy situation you're going to get yourself in because humanity comes with, and, and us being Black women, it's going to be so many changes, but that mustard seed will always get you back to reality. It will. Yeah. So keep mm-hmm. it keep it tight and keep it like the um, like the book of Eli. <laughs> you better hold on to it like the book of Eli and Denzel, okay? Nobody is touching my mustard seed, okay? So you better back up. You better go find, you know, find your mustard seed. But this is mine, and it does great things. Okay, come on, it does great yes. things. Yes, I'm. Wow. I'm crying. That's that's great. 
Oh my gosh, that's um yeah, I think mm-hmm. on that point too, just knowing that we have to or that we would like to bring our full selves to the table realizing it will cost us something and realizing that the cost is so like what we get at the end is so much greater than what we had to give up yeah and so just as Sarah said keep pushing keep going and your faith like my faith is what sees me through and knowing who my God is and knowing that he is shaped and molded me into someone who can handle trial who can handle temptation who can handle obstacles and you know slurs that people throw at me or people constantly shutting the door in my face or telling me that I'm not worthy or ready to sit at the table I know that the Lord placed me Mm. here and there's nothing that my God can't do. Nothing. And there's nothing that will Come prevent on. me from getting where he's called me to go. Nothing. And so just, yeah, that that has kept me um, mm. on this journey of purpose and navigating these hard places mm. and facing my brokenness is that the cost, the thing that I'm doing right now, the the goal, like the things that I will get in return far outweigh what I had to give yeah. up now. Okay. Come on. Keep Come the on. Faith. Yo, I'm here too. Keep the faith. Okay. That's tough. You Woo! got to. I, well, Even when it feels I like nobody's me, there, keep the faith. Exactly. Yeah. I think for me, and I and it ties in with with what both of you have said, because as we know, truth is united. Mm. His truth doesn't doesn't conflict with other truth. Mm. Um is, and I'm speaking to Black women, you know, I think culture tells us sometimes that survival mode is the only yeah. mode. And I want to I want to testify, you know, I, I really want to testify and say the shift from survival mode to to thriving yes. is facing, facing your brokenness. Yes. Uh, that even in a season that is, is pressing, that you can actually be thriving um, internally, spiritually, yes. um, and healing if 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 you're willing to look at it Absolutely. with him, with God. Um, I'm talking to people of faith. I I don't have any other solution yeah. for how to heal as a black yeah. woman outside of God. So if you're listening, looking for something else, that's that's there's nothing else in my opinion. <laughs> but I agree. But looking and in, <laughs> looking in conjunction with with spirituality and psychological things, looking and realizing that um, the spiritual is practical. Jesus yes. Jesus was and is the embodiment of, of spiritual things made practical. And so he understands in fullness that. So going from survival mode, survival mode is not the only mode for black women, for black people. It's not. But it does begin in being willing to face your brokenness, to choose, okay, I want, I want the path of self-awareness. I want the path of, okay, if I live in a broken world, it doesn't mean that I have to remain broken. That's not yes. true. Yes. There's so much freedom. We were made for freedom. Absolutely. And um, this is just the beginning. I am so 
appreciative for this conversation. I pray that those who are listening are, are marked by it the way that I am. Thank you so much for coming to the table, friends. I'm so grateful for how God has brought us back together for this particular time. Timing is 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 powerful. Full circle. Full circle. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Thank for you so just much. Being obedient to what the Lord put on your heart to do and um inviting mm-hmm. us to do that. So honored to do this with y'all. And I just got filled up and I hope that that is evident um, to the listeners, but this is super refreshing. And that's what happens when, you know, the spirit gets into the room and the Lord does, has his way. And, and I think it's beautiful to see how he's orchestrating things. Like only every, ever so often do you get a big glimpse, you know, Mm, of like how he orchestrated Mm. apart and then back together. And then you go back on your own journeys with what you learn. But it's like, you know, we're co-laborers. That's what Dominique said. So we like on this journey together. I mean, is that what Jordan said? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. For her credit, I love it. Oh, I thought thought you said it, Right, I thought you said co-laborers in Christ. Oh. Now she don't don't remember she said it, but I loved it. Ever since you said it, I said, listen, cold laborer. It's that humility. You got that humility. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like we're all in this together, you know? And so I think it's important to, um, I think it's beautiful that God brought us together for this moment, for this time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see. I hope that it just continues, you know, every, however often, but I would love in a way of every 10 years to be able to dive back in with people in my life like this, because just to see how you've grown, especially when we have as much as we have in common, but different perspectives, you know, because I think it, it, because you decided to do this, it will help a lot of people. So thank you for um, pressing through, you know, the difficult parts of your life to come to this because yeah, this is needed in so many ways for so many Black women, especially during this time that don't, may not have the avenues or the people or the resources and maybe just a conversation can yeah. help start. And sometimes that's all you need is like, I need to just have a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I feel honored. I feel honored. I think there's something beautiful too when you're talking about orchestration. We are trying to wrap. Right, we're, we're trying. You see, um, <laughs> we're trying. You know, black people. It's like, okay, I'm, right. I'm on my way out, and it's we ain't right. really on our way out yet. Um, um, I'm thinking about that TikTok. Anyway, I'm not on TikTok, but I watch Instagram. They're they're on Instagram now, so it's everywhere. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna get to it, but there's something about when you when you awaken and yourself you're self-aware um to the cost you can you can appreciate the cost that other people have um chosen to to walk through and so it is really a beautiful thing to see it in one another and also just to make space for people to to start as you said sarah so thank you guys um we will be having a second conversation to continue talking about leading with truth um so join us next time grace and peace